Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Pierce Eugene Wallace, CEO and co-founder of NAC, a MireTech startup that's raised over $25 million in funding. Pierce, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building at NAC, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm just the guy who started a software company, but I'm a marketer. That's really what I classify myself as. I was never like the best student in school, but that I found my passion in marketing. And so I've been a marketer ever since, started my career at IBM, so kind of got that enterprise experience. And then I've been in startups for the last 10 years. I started my first company, Revenue Pulse. It's a Marketo consultancy 10 years ago. And NAC, which is my latest project, seven years ago. Nice. And what was it like doing marketing at a just massive company like IBM? Honestly, it was an amazing place to start my career. I got to learn from some of the best marketers in the world and really see the inside of how, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world operates. Learned a ton just about process, leadership, and how really big companies work. So great place to start my career. Nice. Very cool. Let's talk about what you're doing today. So in simple terms, what problem is NAC solving and and who's that target customer? Yeah, so going back to my days at IBM, you know, I was right out of business school, really excited to get into marketing and use my creativity. And the first thing that I realized, you know, my job was putting emails together, marketing emails, was that I couldn't do any of that stuff. I couldn't be creative because... I needed to know how to code in order to send an email out. Code HTML, CSS, definitely not things I was learning in business school. And, you know, it turns out most marketers have no idea how to code and don't really want to learn it either. And yet, all of the enterprise marketing automation platforms require marketers to be able to code to get their campaigns out the door. And so that's really the problem that we are solving is that we don't believe marketers should ever need to code, even though these legacy systems require that. And as we got into that, there's actually way more problems under the covers there. There's problems around collaborating within marketing departments. There's issues around brand control and brand management. And so, you know, as we started to peel the onion, we realized this is actually a way bigger problem than we ever thought it was. Got it. And then who is that target customer that you're going after? Is it, you know, the enterprise or is it more the, you know, SMB, smaller company that doesn't really have the resources to have programmers supporting marketers doing this? Definitely the enterprise. So all the enterprise companies in the world are on one of the major marketing automation platforms, whether that's Salesforce, Oracle, or Adobe. Mm -hmm. And that is really where the biggest 
problems are. You, you know, you have these teams of hundreds or thousands of marketers that are using tools that were never built to do collaboration in real time or support marketers who don't know how to code. And so we're really, we're helping some of the biggest companies in the world solve that problem. Got it. And has it been hard to get, you know, into enterprise and get these big companies to take a chance on a startup? What's that process been like for you? Yeah, I think myself and and one of my other co-founders, we kind of grew up in enterprise technology space. And so I think that's really helped. That's what we're most familiar with. I think that's what makes Knack who we are. So, you know, getting your first big enterprise company, we were able to land one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And, you know, it just kind of kept on rolling from there. In those early days, getting your first enterprise customer, you know, it's always hard to get someone to take a chance on a startup, let alone a a Fortune 100 company. But now that we have tons of those, you know, in our belts, it's a lot easier now. Nice. That makes sense. And where do you go from here in terms of, you know, go to market? Are you going to keep expanding to as many enterprise customers as possible? Or do you eventually switch and and go to more medium-sized businesses? Yeah, so right now we we are definitely focused on the enterprise. We do have some mid-market and SMB customers, but our focus is enterprise. We know the challenges that enterprise marketers face, and that's what, as a company, we're all focused on solving those every day. Got it. Very cool. And what about market categories? When it comes to market categories, how do you think about them? Are you building a new category or is this really transforming an existing one? So if you look at the current MarTech space, I think there are a lot of categories that we're playing in right now, but I really think we are defining a new category. So obviously everyone's familiar with marketing automation, which does a ton of things from holding your lists and doing a bunch of automation. And they also have email and landing page creation in there, but that was never their focus. You know, it was something that they had to check some boxes to do, but it's not what they focus their platforms around. And so that's really where I feel we're creating this new category called campaign creation platforms that are really focused on that creation. We don't do any of the sending, we don't host, but we have amazing integrations for marketers to take those assets that are built in that and send and host them from wherever they want. And we learned that in many of these enterprise customers, they all have tons of different systems that send emails or host pages. And so that's another big benefit of NAC is it provides you this central place to create regardless of where you're actually executing those campaigns. Got it. And I think, you know, category creation is something that all founders, you know, aspire to do at, at some point, but obviously, you know, it's really hard. So what are some of the tactics you've used to begin creating this category that you've seen work? Yeah, to me, everything starts with product. I think if you create an amazing product that really works for your customers, that in of itself starts to create a new category. So I I think we have very much been a product-led company that is solving the pains of these marketers. And 
in doing so, I think we've created an opportunity for ourselves where they trust us in solving one problem to then solve others that are kind of adjacent to us. So I think what has really worked for us is we started by targeting a very niche audience, right? Which was enterprise marketers on one of these major marketing automation platforms. And we spoke directly to the pains that we knew that they were having. Mm -hmm. And they're happy to have us solve those for them. And in doing so, I think we've started to build this new category, earn their trust. And and really, our customers are the ones who are now telling everyone else about this new way to solve an old problem. Interesting. And I saw on your Twitter something you know, that ties into your statement there about being a product-focused company. I believe you make everyone on the team spend a certain amount of time with the product every month or every quarter. Can you explain that more? Yeah, so we call those our NAC champagne sessions. Initially, we called it eating our own dog food, but I think <laughs> drinking your own champagne just sounds a lot better. But yeah, once a quarter, we get everybody in the company. It doesn't matter if you're in administration or HR or finance or, of course, marketing, but we get everyone to open up NAC and build out a marketing campaign, build out emails and landing pages. And to me, that's a big litmus test of how our platform is doing. Like if somebody who's been in finance their whole life can come into this system and build a send-worthy email without any training, that's how I know that we're doing the right thing and that, that we're going places. Got it. And what about you know, engaging with analyst firms like Gartner and Forrester? Are you doing any work there and trying to help them you know, define this category and you know, eventually formally announce yeah. this category? It's definitely an, an area that we've started to consider at this point. You know, we have limited resources still. We're under 100 people. And so we're, we're, again, focusing on our product and our customers. But I do think there is a time in our growth where, you know, we hire someone in analyst relations and we really invest in that channel. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm someone that really invests, that thinks of if we're going to play in something, we need to play to win. And I don't think that we're ready yet in the analyst relations space to do that. Got it. Makes sense. And I believe you launched in 2015. Is that right? Yeah. How much traction have you seen so far that you're okay with sharing? Yeah. So, you know, we're still a private company, so we don't really share too many of our numbers. But I can tell you that, you know, we are in hundreds of some of the world's largest companies right now. And we have tens of thousands of users. Wow, very cool. And one metric that I you know, hope we can talk about, it's public, you know, is your, your funding, 25 million. Yeah. Why do you think investors are so excited? And was that all raised in one round or is that spread across a couple of rounds? Yeah, so we did our Series A last November with Insight Partner. You know, we spoke with many different venture capital firms. We had five term sheets and we decided to go with Insight because of their incredible track record of working with some of the best B2B software companies in the world mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the resources that they bring to the table across different functional areas of the business that we need. I think 
you know, when we hear from Insider, the other investors, the reason they're excited is, you know, they see the traction of the business that we've had. We bootstrapped the company up until November of last year. We had had a ton of growth. We, we were on the list of Canada's fastest growing companies last year. And they just see the need for this huge market and they see the huge market, which is marketers don't code. They're spending a ton of money on MarTech. The systems that they're using are not sufficient to how they need to work. And that NAC has had amazing traction with our customers and our customers really raved about us. We we had the highest NPS score they said they've ever seen before evaluating any of their portfolio companies. So I think all of those factors together are why they and other VCs got really excited. Got it. And did having your own agency or consultancy help you in those early years and you know, providing some revenue and then also just really deeply understanding the problem? Or were those always run completely separate? A hundred percent, it helped. It helped on a lot of different angles. I'd say the biggest one, though, was the ability to really identify the problem that we solve. Mm-hmm. You know, working and consulting, you're able to work with hundreds of different customers. And when you hear the same challenge coming up time and time again, it gives you a lot of confidence that for me anyways, that when we start this company, this isn't an isolated problem. This is something that everyone has. And then I also think, you know, we had built up a lot of connections through that agency that really helped us as we went to market with this new company. Makes sense. And I feel like that's a a path that a lot more SaaS companies are following these days as well. Yeah, like for me, the agency was performing really well. So I didn't want to just leave that company on its own. And and what it allowed me to do was kind of start knack on the side, test and prove things out, and then make the shift over full time when I really saw that it had legs. Yeah, that makes sense. And, And that's smart. So to wrap up here with one last question, if we zoom out into the future, from your perspective, what will the future of marketing look like and what role will NAC play in shaping that future? Yeah, I think we're at a really interesting time for marketing right now. I think there's really two schools of thought on where things are going to go. Right now, we see a lot of companies trying to push automation and basically glorified form fills to build out campaigns. And I think NAC is the complete opposite of that. NAC is really harnessing the creativity for marketers to connect to their audience and other human beings. And our belief is that humans will always be the best at connecting with other humans. And that's why here at NAC, we're really focused on building platforms where marketers and can use their creativity to connect with their audience. Amazing. Very cool. Well, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time for to cover today. Uh, Before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so they can follow me on Twitter. I'm at marketing underscore 101 or check out knack.com, K-N-A-K.com. Amazing. Well, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it and wish you best of luck. Thanks, Brett. Keep in touch. 